This is the Early Childhood Research Podcast and you're listening to Episode 6. Welcome to the Early Childhood Research Podcast, where we tell you how the latest research can help in your home and in your classroom. Welcome, it's great to have you here. I'm Liz and I'm the host of the Early Childhood Research Podcast. This is Episode 6 and today I'm speaking to child psychologist and researcher Myrta Mavlidi about how movement can positively affect learning. Myrta is Greek, so she completed her psychology degree in Greece, then had an exchange year in Paris. Fortunately, she speaks French as well. Myrta then did a master's degree in the Netherlands, where she focused on human learning and performance. In other words, researching the most effective ways to learn. She also spent some time providing psychological support to a children's hospital in Greece, working particularly with children with autism and with special needs. Now Myrta is working towards her PhD in early years at the Early Start Research Institute based at the University of Wollongong in Australia. Her focus is researching the effects of movement on children's cognition. Before going to the interview, I want to let you know that you can find the written transcript of this interview, plus links to some recommended free learning resources at lizesearlylearningspot.com. Just click on the podcast tab and look for episode six. Now to the interview. Myrta Mavalidi, welcome to the Early Childhood Research Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, Liz. Thank you so much for your invitation. Research is showing that subtle body movements such as gesturing with our hands helps us learn more effectively. Can you explain why or how this happens? Uh, Yeah, gesturing is a very natural process. It occurs very spontaneously and Mm -hmm. it helps contribute to cognitive processes uh, because it decreases working memory load and facilitates retention, problem solving and learning. So this is based on research. And so how this is happening, uh, these movements are most of the time and are always integrated with the learning task and they are only effective when they are meaningful for or uh, congruent with the learning tasks so it has also been found that if um, you force someone to gesture in a certain way so that you can help them learn then it's gesture can be detrimental for learning so it's really important that they are natural and they occur spontaneously you want the movement to be related to the learning yeah but you want it to be spontaneous yeah if it's related with gesturing because gesturing you use it when you talk you use it when you you right yeah when you're thinking you just use your arms yeah. automatically yeah. yeah yeah okay so just natural kind of movement yeah so this is the gesturing so the challenge then is to design learning tasks in such a way that learners gesture spontaneously in a task relevant way when we're gesturing with our arms, for example, while we're learning something new, does that mean we're taking more information in or does it mean that we're better at remembering what we've learned so that we can pull it back out of our brain more easily? Gesturing makes uh, the trace richer and deeper in the memory so then it's easier to find and recall. But what's more important if you think about it, if you think about children, when they start learning counting, they use their hands. They use gestures also spontaneously and naturally, and right. this helps them remember more because they also, yeah, they connect it better, the information that they receive. And research has shows that gesturing is beneficial when the learner 
gestures, but also when you can see another one gesturing. So if teachers gestures and children gesture is also beneficial. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I'm interrupting the interview here for a second to add another point Merita would like to make. And it's regarding the counting with the fingers. One of the reasons using the fingers is so powerful is because the load that is imposed by this learning task is now divided between the memory and the hand. So using the hand creates an extra source of memory. Gesturing improves learning, but your research also showed that if you get the whole body involved, rather than just the hands and the arms, that the learning increases significantly more. Why do you think this happens? There are two areas of research. So this research on gesturing has been done mostly in educational psychology. But now public health sciences are also trying to connect uh, physical exercise with cognition. So right. this area of research shows that aerobic exercise and physical activity in general has very uh, positive effects on cognitive functioning, executive function, and it helps a lot memory, attention, improvements in on-task behavior in children, and of course, and they also relate it with academic achievement. Exercise helps a lot. It elicits brain changes that are related to learning and memory, such as improved blood flow, oxygenation, and in general, neural connectivity. It sounds like you're saying that if our bodies are stagnant, our brain is less efficient. But if we get up and move, our brain actually becomes more active. Well, I can say a very, very old phrase. It's important to have a healthy mind in a healthy body. Mm-hmm. So... For me, but also what research shows, balance is the best. So you should not focus only on one part and disregard the other one. How long has research been telling us that kids need to be active to improve their learning? Well, there are some recommendations in physical activity guidelines uh, for children Mm -hmm. and it has been found over the last years because um, physical activity in general has also a very important health benefits like prevention of obesity, cardiorespiratory problems, heart diseases. It helps in musculoskeletal health. Yes. So it's very important that children move. And the last year they have set some guidelines from Canadian, American and Australian. So they say that preschoolers, if we want to talk about the specific like two to five years old, they need to accumulate at least 60 minutes daily of structural physical activity and at least 60 minutes along the day and structural physical activity. And also they should not be sedentary for more than 60 minutes at a time, except when they are sleeping. And also some other research has shown that only 53% of the children meet these guidelines. When you say structured exercise, what do you mean by that? Well, structure can be of learning fundamental motor cross skills and and structure can be running outside, any kind of movement that they do throughout the whole day. So research has found that that kind of structured exercise is, is actually really important. Well, these are the, the guidelines. So what's important mm. to keep in mind is that they need to move at least two hours per day. Countries like Finland and Denmark have a long tradition of keeping their kids active and their preschoolers spend many hours outside even when it's freezing cold. But conversely, over the last 10 to 20 years, countries like the US and the UK and Australia have decreased activity time for children because 
A, they're worried about safety issues and B, they're sitting kids down to learn reading, writing and math at a younger age. Now, you've studied child psychology in Greece and the Netherlands and Australia and France. Have you seen differences in what is expected of children in different countries? There is a tendency, and I think that's everywhere, towards academic achievement. And there is a lot of pressure on that. And the earlier Mm. they learn, the better. But they're also trying to prevent child obesity. So one, there is a tendency towards academic achievement, sit and learn. But on the other hand, there are also kind of measurements that they're trying to activate more children. So we're sitting the kids down more, but we are becoming more aware that, well, actually we're sitting them down too much. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, it depends because normally teachers are the ones who sit the, the kids down and right. physical educators are the ones who want children to move more. Right. Although I would probably say that the reason the educators are sitting the little ones down is because they're getting pressured from above to make the kids learn more yeah. when they're younger. So they feel like they don't have a choice. Yeah, that's true. But if you... Based on the research, physical activity is very important also for executive functioning. So actually, physical activity helps children. It's definitely not detrimental. I've heard a lot of teachers, especially in the US, talking about how they have to skip recess to try and get the kids doing their, you know, their learning for their testing, etc. But they're really not doing the kids a favor by having them skip recess or cutting out, you know, PE or cutting out dance class because it's going to make them sluggish. Yeah, not at all. Research shows that children who are fitter perform Mm. better in tasks that require executive control and associative memory because they showed um, increased response speed, accuracy, and working memory capacity, and thus better better cognitive performance. A lot of teachers, like when you talk about classroom teachers, they they put what they call brain breaks. Have you ever heard of teachers using brain breaks? Uh, Not really. So when they're sitting in their classroom and it might be, say, the 20, 30-minute mark and the kids are getting fidgety, so they get the kids up for two or three minutes and do some kind of activity and then sit them back down. There are sites like Go Noodle and that's a free site and they have lots of activities on it and the teachers get the kids up out of their seats for a few minutes to do that and then I guess they sit them back down and they go back to their work. It's great that teachers are getting the kids up and moving so that they're not just sitting all all the way through. But when you're talking about learning and you're talking about gesturing, you're suggesting don't just get the kids up for that break and then sit back down and learn. You're saying incorporate gestures and movements into their learning while they're learning their maths, while they're learning their language. Is that right? This is a new area of research and it's called classroom-based physical activity program. So these programs, their first goal was primarily to increase physical activity during the school day. And they did it with two ways. So either through recess or break or by integrating physical activity with academic content. So for example, they included 10 minutes bout of aerobic exercise or run in between the courses. So both of them have benefits because from sitting all day, it's definitely more beneficial to to have the activity breaks. My type of research is trying to integrate movements into learning, Mm. especially at this age, preschool children, they want to play. And you you need to find an engaging way for them to learn. So it should be related to movement. 
because it, right. it's also natural for them to move. Yes. And, and it should also be engaging enough, but you also need to make them learn. There has been a lot of studies that they did that in this type of new instruction in primary and elementary school children, and it worked. Right. But you also have to think about what you want to learn. Because sometimes if the level the level of difficulty or the subject, you can't integrate every kind of activity into mm. learning. You can't connect it. So that's why then you can use the activity breaks. So a teacher needs to look at what they're teaching through the day and say, okay, I'm teaching this subject, I'm teaching this topic. What activities can I incorporate? Yeah, like there have been done activities with math, geography, language, English and literacy and they have worked really well and children are most of them very happy and they like it and in and ever there was a high percent of teacher satisfaction. Okay. Because well even in the beginning it's always hard because they have to change uh, their yes. curriculum because they have to think maybe some activities or we have because they have to adjust them in, in the classroom how big or right. small it is. But at the end, if you are willing to make change, trying to think teaching in a different way that is more beneficial for mm. children, it's helpful. Has that just been done on a research basis or are they actually coming up with a program? Yeah, there are many programs actually and they are very good and very interesting. There is a program like Take 2 Energizers or Take 10 and, right. and some of them like Take 10 has already been implemented in schools. In whereabouts are they? Well, it started in the US. Yeah. And now, the last few years, they try to see its visibility in the UK and in China. These programs, they also found improvements in on-class behavior, so children are staying more focused. And, of course, in physical activity, because that's also very important. But also, they found improvements in academic achievement, like maths and literacy scores. And then in preschools, really what you're saying is that instead of the teachers sort of standing on the sideline while the children just go and play in the sandpit or play with each other, the, the teachers should actually be interacting with the kids and teaching them gross motor skills. Yeah, and during their group times, instead of doing activities that encourage a sedentary way, they can mm. do more interactive way. And this was actually an example that um, the director told me last week. I was thinking about this way of integrating movement into learning and then I was talking to the kids about how the birds that they they have when they have their eggs and they have to take care of the tiny birds when yeah. they hatch. So the kids were actually so interesting and they want to run out and go and see the nest and then come back and then we're talking about and we're explaining how is everything right. going on. So it's what kids tend to do, move. Mm, it's natural it's for natural them. It's natural for them, yeah. Yeah, so we just need to encourage that as part of their learning day. Yeah, yeah, and teachers can help that with giving yeah. more stimulus in movement and in learning as well. So it's just like any time that we're teaching, if we've got a certain thing in our head when we're planning, if we keep that in mind, then we can adapt our lesson to that. So if we're thinking more about, oh, I need to get the kids more active, I need to get them integrating gestures and movements and their whole body in learning this subject, then I would probably have more creative ideas about how to do that if I just keep that in my head. Yeah, and... What's also more important, most important for the kids, they like it so much. It's so much mm. fun for them mm. and they want to do it. So we have to actually re-educate people to understand the importance of movement in learning. Yeah, I think the focus should be in both. As I said in the beginning, it's a healthy mind and a healthy body. One last thing that I could say, it's called episodic memory. So you learn, you remember things when they are 
temporarily dated, specially located, or personally experienced events or episodes. So it's general contextualizing information. So if you're learning something in a meaningful context. Yeah, and then movements enhance this meaningful context. Then it's ah, easier to remember and it's better. Right. It's a better way to learn. You've said some really good things today, Merita, and I really want to thank you for joining us. Well, thank you very much, Liz. And I wish you good luck with your doctorate. Thank you. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Merita Mavalidi. If you go to the show notes, you'll find the written transcript of this interview, links to journal articles mentioned by or written by Merita, and a link to Go Noodle. You can find the show notes at lizesearlylearningspot.com. Just click on the podcast tab and look for episode 6. If you enjoyed this episode, it would help us out if you went to iTunes to submit a rating and review. Thank you for joining me to learn a little more about early childhood research and I wish you happy teaching and learning. Thanks for listening to the Early Childhood Research Podcast at www.lizesearlylearningspot.com.